0: And welcome to I Talk to Ghosts, the podcast that will explore a haunted bridge with you at midnight, waiting for a glimpse of a headless ghost. Speaking of which, tonight I have gathered the spookiest tales I could find of headless ghosts. No haunted bridge required. I'm your spirited host, Jennifer, a professional medium and a collector of ghost stories, as always, I have a lovely variety for you of the spooky and the spiritual. After tonight's stories, stay for a new in-studio spirit reading with my latest podcast guest. I love my work as a medium, not only because of the wonderful connections that are made, but also because I know personally I can gain so much from the messages and the insights that are imparted, and I hope you do too. And on the topic of messages, please also join me at my seance table for a message from the spirits that could be specifically for you. I'm not sure who will be joining us spiritually just yet, but I know it'll be mysterious and grand. That's later on in the podcast. But for now, let's share some spooky. The headless ghosts are shambling towards you right now. When I was younger, I attended Catholic school. This happened to me when I was in first grade. The front door to my school was always open, and right when you walk in, there was a big
1: stage.
0: We would have an assembly there every morning, and we would gather and say our morning prayers. Well, one day after school, my friend and I were sitting on the steps of the stage because both of our rides home hadn't arrived yet. There was no one else near us, because most of the teachers were in a room having a meeting. While we were sitting there, nothing to do, we started talking about random things, until it got to the point where we started talking about ghosts. All of the sudden, something passed by the big front door. At first, me and my friend didn't really pay attention because we were too busy with our conversation. Then, a huge gust of wind just hit us. The air had been freezing, but it was a bright sunny day. And then, we looked at the door. I saw a man who was dressed as a priest. But as I studied him, I realized he didn't have a head. I thought I was hallucinating, but then I looked at my friend and he looked terrified. I told him I didn't want to talk about ghosts anymore because I was scared enough already. He didn't say a word for 10 minutes. When he calmed down, he whispered to me, Did you see anything pass by the door? Something that's not really usual? I was shocked. I told him I saw it too. I was thinking what if someone was pulling a prank on us? But I don't really think so. We decided to leave the area and head over to the cafeteria. My friend and I were so anxious about what we saw... We decided to ask the cafeteria lady, but when we told her about what happened, she just looked startled and jokingly asked me, my friend, if we were crazy. So, it was only me and my friend who saw this. If my friend hadn't been there, I could have easily talked myself out of believing what I saw. But he described it perfectly. He saw a priest with no head. 20 years ago, I worked at a small agriculture business in California. The area had been mainly fields and a ranch prior to the business being there. The greenhouses and the office were the first buildings on that site. The location was very close to Old Stage Road, which had a well-deserved reputation for being haunted. One of the most famous stories is of a headless woman who was murdered alongside the road who has been reported to have been seen walking along the side of the road with her head in her arms. I frequently saw odd lights during the winter commute home that looked like oncoming headlights that would disappear when you drove towards them. The hauntings at work started rather subtly In fact, we thought one of the admin people were pranking the rest of the office staff. Office supplies would be moved to odd places at night or mysteriously disappear to be found in the middle of the office floor days later. The TV in the conference room would switch on at odd times during the day. As time went on, the incidents became more pronounced. I would be working in the front office and hear someone call me from the back, only to walk over and find no one was there. People in the office and the work crew began to catch fleeting glimpses of a woman in a white dress. Sometimes people would mistake this figure as the office manager, But the more we saw her, the more we realized she was missing her head. As time went by, most of us in the office became used to the ghost. We went through a few receptionists during this period, and each time someone new started, our ghost became very active, as though she was either upset by the change or testing out the new person. One time, a poor cleaning person was cleaning up in the lab in the evening. As she worked, she was listening to the radio. All of a sudden, the radio switched stations and went very loud, and all the lights in the lab went out. The woman refused to work the night shift after that. I was once working late to finish a programming project, so I was the last one out of the office that night. I carefully went through the offices, locking up the inner office doors and shutting off the lights. I locked the main door and walked towards my car. Suddenly, all of the lights in the office turned back on. While I thought it was funny, I didn't have enough nerve to go back in the building and shut off the lights again. Another time, I went into the computer room first thing in the morning, and found that the door was blocked. There was only one door in and out of the room, and somehow the garbage can, which was very heavy, had been pushed against the door, which swung into the room. I didn't find this to be malicious, but rather playful. We never did find out who this headless lady was, but... There was another haunting nearby that seemed more dark and foreboding. Across from the main office, there was a field that came off the main parking lot. On several occasions, some of us saw a tall, dark man in a wide-brim hat that seemed to either pace the field or stand at the edge of the parking lot, looking towards our building. He never seemed as substantial as the female ghost in our office, but seeing him gave most of us the chills. I don't know if the haunting continued after I left my job over ten years ago, but it was an interesting place to work. A few years ago, we moved into a new house. A couple months after moving in, my mother started seeing a man in a gray suit wandering around the house. This man had no head, but each time she saw him, he wore the same gray suit. I tried to look up the history on our house, but I haven't found anything to indicate who this might be. He doesn't make contact with my mom and hasn't tried to hurt her. And she doesn't feel threatened when she sees him. He simply wanders in and out and around the house. Or sometimes she'll see him standing in the corner of the garden And when she sees him, then he simply disappears. My mom thinks that maybe he's there to protect her. She doesn't see him every day. She sees him about once every two months. It's almost if, when he's certain my mom has seen him, then he disappears. I wonder if he's just a soul that's wandering around. I'm not sure if he's there to protect her or why he's wandering around the house and we'll probably never know why he doesn't have a head. this year, when you're at another boring holiday gathering, make sure to turn to the person next to you and ask, hey, do you know any good ghost stories? And then share the I Talk to Ghosts podcast with them. No more awkward silences trying to figure out what to say, what to talk about. Talk about ghosts. Talk about spirit readings. Share the I Talk to Ghosts podcast. Thank you and happy spooky holidays. Hello, and welcome back to I Talk to Ghosts. My guest this evening is Allie. Allie, welcome
1: to the podcast. How are you doing? Thank you for meeting with me today. I'm doing so well. I'm excited to be here and be talking with you, so I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. I am ready, too. Other people are
0: ready, too. (laughs) Um, I have a woman here who is talking about friendship. The personality and the feeling I'm getting from her is she had a silly side, but there were parts of her that made you feel like she was an old soul at the same time. Does this make sense?
1: It definitely does. Um, my best friend, she passed away before she was 18. Um, she was very funny and she really was an old soul. She had a little bit of a fun side to her.
0: And her attitude kind of was she didn't have everything she needed, but she was able to make do. Does that make
1: sense? No, it does. Yeah.
0: I'm seeing like little parties, little parties, like celebrating in a simple way.
1: Yeah, we would. She lived in another city and I was friends with her sister. And okay. so pretty much every chance we got where we weren't busy, because um, she was really involved in like academic and school uh, sports. Um, yes, yes. We'd hang out, and we'd have, like, lo- really little parties on the weekend, and it would be a whole weekend full of, of uh, just about whatever you could think of, really.
0: I was seeing, like, a lot of books mm-hmm. and uh, a dedication, a dedication to that. Uh, it wasn't the easiest thing for her to buckle down and do it, but she was dedicated. Does that make sense?
1: It does, because... The summer before she passed, she was doing like AP classes at the local college and she hated Pride and Prejudice. She hated it. And I was like, you just have to get through it. I promise it gets better. (laughs) And I kept having to like just one chapter at a time, just do it. And so that like was her last major book that she was really struggling with. But other than that, she was such an avid reader. um, We actually bonded over Harry Potter. (laughs) Did she have any like hanging plants her mom did in her office, and that's where she before her mom bought her a laptop we would write fan- or we had like a little message board where we'd write like little i'd like role play things online mm-hmm. and that's where she we used to hang out a lot before she got her laptop and we would be in her room who had a bunch of like stickers on something. Well, her, she used to keep stickers. Like we we both had a lot of stickers. We put stickers on our notebooks, on our water bottles, on our laptop. We <laughs> like that was like the thing. I mean, I guess technically it still is the thing, but you know, that was the thing. We had stickers for just about everything you could think of. Mhm. Yeah. Uh oh, um cats. She had a bunch of cats. Her mom had A million cats. And so I was allergic to some of them. And so I go to her mom's because her parents were divorced. So when I go to her mom's, I had to load up on allergy medicine (laughs) before I went there because she had so many cats.
0: Um, talking about her parents, I don't want to get into too many personal
1: things, but there seems to be a focus on money. Yeah. Her mom and her stepdad didn't have as much money as her dad. And, Mm -hmm. um, Towards, I'd say, the end of her life, she ended up deciding to live with her dad and drive to the town that she lived in from where he lived because it was just a better living situation. And, um, you know, so money kind of played into that a little bit. Um, And I know that that was kind of a hard thing for her mom because, you know, her mom's a social worker and stuff like that. So, And it's not like she... It was about the money per se, because her mom was doing important things and she respected that. But I think it was just about, you know, living in a house where a bathroom had like black mold and she just didn't feel safe. And so she wanted to be with her dad in that aspect. But I know that um it was kind of a rough thing at the end because she was actually driving to work in the town that she went to school in, which was like a 15, 20 minute drive when she passed. Mm -hmm. And so I know that there was a little bit, I think of contention with that. Yeah, Yeah. Um, because she wouldn't have been on that road, wouldn't have been doing that if she had still been living with her mom. She
0: really wants to make sure that her mom knows that it wasn't an emotional rejection at all. If there's any fallout from that and, and events, um, She wants to acknowledge that and and kind of express her regret in that aspect because, of course, that was never intended. Your friend is is bringing up celebrations again.
1: Is is there something currently going on? I'll be married for 10 years to my husband in December. Um, And then the other thing we're celebrating is my sister-in-law and my brother-in-law are trying to adopt. Uh, She's had well, she's known since she was a teenager, she couldn't have kids naturally and they're crowdfunding right now to um, raise the funds for adoption because they fostered seven babies and uh-huh. they've had to say goodbye to them and uh-huh. them they got back more than once. And so mm-hmm. right now I'm really championing, uh, helping spread the word for that. And so mm-hmm. it's something that I really am um, really celebrating because we're hoping that who this, whoever this little one is that they end up adopting, you know, My son is the first grandbaby in that, in my husband's family, but her baby is going to be the one that we fought the hardest for.
0: Was there something with her, like a little bit of a heartbreak that she kept to herself?
1: Yeah. I think one of her biggest loves, there was some betrayal there, you know, in the sense that um, it, it just, things got real messy and it was also one of her really good friends. And I know that she they she passed and they weren't on like the best of terms
0: yeah i get the impression that she was quiet about it she wasn't one to like drag names or anything like or, or talk about it a lot
1: no she wasn't because when all that happened and everything i think we were more upset for her than she was letting on yeah um and don't get me wrong, I think we all knew that she was really upset by it, even though mm-hmm. she was playing it off. Did she doodle it all, just kinda scribble and daydream a bit? yeah, she did, and she would like probably not call herself an artist, but mm-hmm. she definitely like don't get me wrong, she wasn't like an artist, but she um I actually still have one of her um paintings. Oh. In my closet, I keep it, and um, even though it's getting older than dirt, it's going to be there forever. But yeah, she used to doodle a lot. Did
0: you guys watch TV together?
1: A lot of TV. So She's much.
0: showing me Friends.
1: Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> we used to say that she we were each other's lobsters because of oh Friends. That was her favorite show, <laughs> was Friends. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: She's so close to you, she is here with you, and i I really hope you can feel that,
1: oh man, I miss her so much. I've been thinking about her so much, like don't get me wrong, I think about her all the time anyway., mm-hmm. but it just seems like you know the older you get, it's hard to find friends like that and uh, I don't think I'll ever have another soul twin. You know what I mean. She really was my other half. <laughs> she thinks
0: the world of you. And she thinks you're so talented. She wants everything for you. She's like, gosh, you know, if you can see the world, if you could do everything you want to do, she wants all those things for you. She's just this outpouring. I'm having a hard time, like, articulating it well. But she just thinks the world of you and, and wants the world for you. And it's just really really lovely to witness. Time may have passed, but you're still connected. You're absolutely still connected.
1: That makes me so happy just because it was really hard after she died because I just couldn't feel it. I had made a promise to her to protect our, one of our friends because she was very, not weak because she's not weak, but she just was very sensitive. Um, And had made a promise to her because we were going to go to the same college that I would always protect her. And so it was like after she died, I kind of buried my feelings to protect and be strong for our friend. I wanted to be there to build her up and be a base. I hope she knows I did what she asked me to the best I could, knowing I was very young.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Your friend wants to thank you for being such a bright light. Never doubt that about yourself, the way you can affect other people and the way you're there for them and the way you were there for her. uh, It matters. It really matters.
1: That makes me happy to hear. I tried my best.
0: (laughs) You're, you're wonderful. And she wants you to know how wonderful you are. And, um, I have a few messages for you, um, from her that I wrote down. She's encouraging a little bit of a fresh start for you. Uh, Restarts aren't failures. We reset many times in our lives. So if you feel like you're burned out a little bit or you just need to reset something, that's okay. You know, it doesn't mean that you're retreating. Does that make sense?
1: Oh, it, it does.
0: Okay. So she just wants to encourage that for you. Just take a breath of fresh air and like begin again you know, um, like fresh start. And she says, you're magical and creative and pour all of that into your life.
1: I could do that. I could definitely do that.
0: (laughs) Try to shake off the, you know, the weight every once in a while and, and come at things a little bit new and sparkly. It does, it just, mindset can be everything sometimes. Yeah. I think she just wants to give you that little, that little push, you know, that little confidence and, and, uh, encouragement that, you know, breathe it back into your life a little. And, um, because you deserve it and you can create it. You absolutely can.
1: Yeah. Oh man. I kind of, I really did need that. (laughs) (laughs) She's here for you. She's here for you.
0: Well, thank you so much uh, for meeting with me today. You're lovely. Your friend is lovely. Your all your friends sound amazing, and I'm just so thankful to get to know you a little bit and share this with you.
1: I appreciate it. That was, I mean, you have no idea. Thank you.
0: Oh, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. Before we go, um, do you have a personal ghost story that you would like to share? You about Harold the friendly ghost listener ghost
1: story i used to work in a downtown like a really small town uh building it was in historic downtown times like square um and it used to be a hardware store back in like the 20s and so like this building's been around for a a long time uh, beautiful building, by the way. I would call him kind of like a poltergeist, if you will, because he was very, he liked to throw paper clips at me. Um, I would be working and I'd be in the office by myself, and all of a sudden, from the ceiling, I would have paper clips dropping on my head. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then the printer would start printing, and no one was there. I wasn't printing, no <gasps> one was printing, and it would just be plain paper coming out. And, yeah. um, when i would be working late at night i'd hear like hammering like he was hammering like nails or something Uh again completely by myself no one in the building but me and i wasn't the only one who experienced it um just about anyone who was there by your basically by yourself would run into harold and the only reason why we know his name is harold is because we looked up the property deeds for the um the uh, building and it used to be owned by a man named Harold, and it was his hardware store. And um, when he would start throwing paper clips at me, and I'd tell Harold to knock it off, I needed to work. Um, and so, yeah, and I wouldn't really, I shouldn't say throwing, it was just dropping. Huh? I just get this little plank on my head or on my desk. Yeah. And yeah, so that's Harold the Friendly Ghost. Oh my gosh. That, okay, if you're by yourself
0: and that happens, I honestly don't know how I would react. You know? yeah.
1: <laughs> the first couple times it happened, I was like, and I was like, maybe someone came back in and I, I didn't hear them. So I would look around. I'd roll my desk, my chair, and like look around. And I'm like, okay, I'm I'm here. So I'm like, why would anyone be throwing paper clips at me anyway? And then right. like when the printer would go on. I'm like, maybe uh-huh. there's something up with the printer. But again, it would just happen. Usually when everyone was by ourselves, like no one would be in the office and it's not like, again, we weren't printing and then the machine would just start printing out rant. It's like he had fun with the, the printer, really. Yeah, yeah. Because you tell him to stop it and he'd stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: my goodness. Wow. And the, I, it's so interesting that you looked it up too, because so many people, they, they just don't have the resource or you just never know. But to get that answer um, is, is gratifying. It really is.
1: Listen, I've been dying to tell someone my Herald story for a long time. So (laughs) thank you for being the person I tell my Herald story.
0: Yeah. A lot of people are going to hear your Herald story. So that makes (laughs) me happy too. (laughs) Well, thanks again, Allie. This has been a real treat. Oh, one more thing before we go, you mentioned your sister-in-law had a bit of a personal fundraiser going on. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Maybe we
1: can get a couple more eyes and dollars going towards their cause? I would love to. And thank you for giving me the opportunity. Um, my sister-in-law, Cheyenne and her husband, TJ, they have been uh, f- doing foster care for the almost two years now. Um, oh. And they've had seven kiddos come in and out of their home and they've had to say goodbye a total of nine times. Oh. And um, they were hoping to foster and adopt, but that hasn't led them to where they wanted. Um and they're just ready to have their forever. Hello. Aww.
0: Um
1: and so they started the process of adoption. And right now they're waiting to get matched with a mother and her baby. Um, and so basically what's going on is they're crowdfunding. All of the money is going directly into um, funding the adoption fees. Whatever they don't get from donation, they're going to make up the rest as best as they can. Adoption sometimes can be anywhere from forty-five dollars to $60,000. Anything you guys could do if you want to, I would appreciate it. Or even just sharing the link if you can't donate yourself. Um, but don't think that it doesn't matter. I've seen it through another platform. I follow the governors $1, even a couple of cents makes a difference. They've raised a million dollars and some of the people were only donating change. Mm -hmm. So every, anything you could do, even just sharing the story about them would be helpful. And I, they would appreciate it. We would appreciate it. This baby is going to be the biggest gift to our family.
0: Oh, that is so sweet. I will make sure to post the links in the show notes and description so that people can look for it there and and check out your cause. And um, I hope everyone will take the time to check it out and share and donate what they can. Would you like a free spirit reading with me and record your reading for the podcast? Sign up for your chance to be selected by visiting italktoghost.com slash guest. And as an added bonus, if you don't want to leave your reading up to chance, I'll let you in on a secret. There's a discount offer to book a private session with me, so you can book a date and time for certain. Visit italktoghost.com slash guest for more details. I can't wait to meet you. Hello and welcome back to I Talk to Ghosts. I have a message from the spirits this evening, so thank you for joining me around my seance table. Tonight I'm going to be working with sodalite. It is said to be a stone of mind and logic. It's really good for grounding and centering our emotions, kind of stabilizing us a bit. Sodalite has calming, soothing vibrations to help you get into a deep meditative state perfect for spirit work and empathetic readings. So tonight I'm going to ground and center and call a spirit close. Tonight I have with me someone's brother. He is showing me that The two of you really clashed personality-wise. You did not have a lot in common. The way you reacted to your family growing up, uh, the two of you went in completely separate directions on how to cope with that, how to react, how to eventually live your own life. You have a few commonalities, though. You are both in the military for a while. I feel like he went on to to being a bit of an authority figure in life. Um, That kind of energy was just really important to him. He found a sense of control in that. He's acknowledging the amount of drama that is in your family and how he did not help quell that at all in life. He's showing me a coffee cup. <laughs> He's joking that he lived off coffee. Coffee and sports. <laughs> he wants to lighten this reading up a bit by bringing in some memories of your childhood. You two used to watch movies and television a lot together and then would kind of reenact things uh, in, in the yard, your favorite films. and. He wants to remind you of the laughter and the fun that you did have together when you were younger. I'm seeing a wheelbarrow. um, Him giving you rides in that, around on the bumpy yard, and lots of laughter there. Uh, Maybe even making an obstacle course out of it. That's really sweet. His message for you tonight is... He wants to encourage your creativity. You are so amazing at the ideas you have and the things that you can create and the way you can express yourself. He just wants to shine a light on that and really just encourage you to embrace it. And he can't wait to see what you do next because he's still watching you. And he says, don't let your sharp mind get the better of you. Express yourself in that creativity and keep it there. He, he realizes that push-pull struggle that you have. So anytime that you can therapeutically do something creative, he's encouraging that for you. And he also wants to say that he loves you. He didn't really express it enough in life. I think I want to leave it at that. If this message connects for you, please reach out because I would love to know. Thank you. Book a tarot reading with me. Tarot can be a wonderful source for affirmation, validation, and inspiration. To book a session with me, visit italktoghosts.com slash readings. Let's see what the cards have to say for you. And with that, dear listener, we've reached the end of this episode of I Talk to Ghosts. I hope you've enjoyed the spirit work I shared with you this evening as well as those chilling tales of headless ghosts. Have you ever encountered a ghost that was missing its head? I would love to hear about it. In the meantime, wherever you wander off to in this world or the next, just remember come back and visit with me. Have a lovely evening and
1: Good night.